Hey guys, and welcome to the live one today, and happy leap day. It's also my daughter's birthday. Uh, it may be short and sweet today. Um, I, I come on to um, do this, but I also want to do a little bit more on the live one. But as of right now, the site is actually down. So but I was able to keep this page up so we could talk about the tree of mind and uh, get through most of what I wanted to with it. Um, and I I do have a couple of visualizations in mind so that you guys can kind of go in and um, just kind of see how this is working in yourself and you can find this in yourself. So um, the first thing that did come up uh, for me was quite interesting because it involves, you know, the, the transition from a individualized state of mind into that social memory complex. Um, and then we kind of start understanding how we are all connected with each other. So let me go into that. This is session 11, question 17. At what stage does a planet achieve social memory? A mind, body, spirit, social complex becomes a social memory complex when its entire group of entities are of one orientation or seeking. The group memory lost to the individuals and the roots of the tree of mind then becomes known to the social memory complex, thus creating a social memory complex. I'm sorry. The roots of the tree of mind then become known to the social complex, then creating a social memory complex. The advantages of this complex are the relative lack of distortion in understanding the social beingness and the relative lack of distortion in pursuing the direction of seeking. For all understanding slash distortions are available to the entities of the society. So this is kind of when we start seeing all distortions, all understanding, um, seeing each other, um, and trying to get in that, that understanding state of mind of that other individual. But it did come up with a tree of mind. So the roots of the tree of mind is super interesting. So when I think of mind, I think of, um, well, right now I'm thinking of indigo ray. And then what do we have in our indigo ray? That is the gateway to intelligent infinity. And we know um, that this energy gets funneled through this gateway via the spirit. So if we can imagine just this um, string of light, you know, being funneled through this, this gateway and then going, this pulse of light going into the neurons and then to the nerves. Um, you know, I suspect this is where this, this energy is being funneled through us and thus finding it in ourselves, this connection in ourselves. But it goes much, much deeper. So I'll move on. This next one talks about uh, pyramid healing. Um, and this is session 23, question seven. When you spoke of pyramid healing, 
I am assuming that the primary healing was for the mind. Is that correct? And Ra states, this is partially correct. The healing, if it is to be effectuated, must be a funneling without significant distortion of the end streamings through the spiritual complex into the tree of mind. There are parts of this mind which block energies flowing to the body complex. In each case, each entity, the blockages may well differ. Okay, but this is where I was talking about, you know, um, the funneling. Must be a funneling without significant distortion of the in-streamings through the spiritual complex into the tree of mind. Okay. Uh, first, however, it is necessary to activate the sense of the spiritual channel or shuttle. Then, whether the blockage is from spiritual to mental, or from mental to physical, or whether it may simply be a random and purely physical trauma, healing may then be carried out. Okay. So first we must um, get that spiritual shuttle going, you know, activate that, that sense of, of our spirit in general, um, and then and shuttle this energy from the gateway into, uh, through the spirit rather, and then to the mind, and then the mind, uh, and then as, as uh, in a sense, uh, carries out, you know, the further actions of that energy, whether it be for healing or uh, removing blockages, so on and so forth. So, um, and this one involves the the high priestess, um, so kind of getting into the archetypical mind. Ninety-two, eleven. Then this occurs because the potentiator of the mind, which is the high priestess is directly connected through the roots of the tree of mind. Um, and we'll get into, you know, the roots here in a little bit. Um, however, to the archetypical mind and to the logos, which created it, so the logos created this archetype, the, uh, well, all the archetypes, but speaking, um, speaking more into the high priestess at this moment, which created it, and because the veil between the matrix and potentiator of mind, the matrix we remember is a magician. So between the magician and archetype number two, which is high priestess, allows for the development of the will. So here it's saying, hey, that veil is there because the development of the will. Um, and kind of speaking in terms of will a little bit, uh, it may be in this section. Again, I can't bring anything else up right now in the lab one because the site is down, but I was able to save this page. But um, it, it does talk about how we develop our will. You know, what are opportunities to develop will? And this is uh, fasting. Uh, this is uh, quitting a uh, habit, whether it be uh, too much of a good habit or too much of a bad habit. Having that will to say, I don't want that anymore. Or um, having that will 
to say, I, I do want this, you know, I do want to work for this specific thing, this specific manifestation. I do want to do the work for that. Uh, that requires some will. So that is uh, even fasting or um, unintentional fasting. You know, I mean, that is an, a great opportunity for development of the will. Let's see what they say, though, because they go into um, some pretty good detail. Uh, some untangling may be needed as the mind-body-spirit complex, which has not yet reached a point of conscious awareness of the process of evolution, prepares for incarnation and is programmed for it a less than complete, that is to say, a partially randomized system of learnings. And again, we were talking about specifically the veil between the uh, first archetype, the magician, and the second, the high priestess, which we know of is more that intuitive, uh, you know, divine feminine um, type uh, energy. The amount of randomness a potential catalyst is proportional to the newness of the mind-body-spirit complex to third density. This then becomes a portion of what you may, of that which you may call a potential for incarnational experience. This is indeed carried within that portion of the mind, which is of the deep mind, the architecture of which may be envisioned as being represented by that concept complex known as the potentiator, the high priestess. And this is kind of, in my own mind, I'm, I'm perceiving this as the way the information kind of travels through the archetypes uh, and through that veil. So it is not the in the arch archetypical mind of an entity that potential for incarnational experience and incarnational experience is an experience while you are incarnated resides but in the mind body spirit complexes insertion shall we say into the energy web of the physical vehicle and the chosen planetary environment and I, i'm getting some astrology vibes with that one However, more deeply articulate, this portion of the mind-body-spirit complex's beingness, this archetype, the potentiator of the mind, may be evoked with profit to the student of its own evolution. So, being able to evoke this once you realize um, that you can, and then um, take um, precedence in your own evolution, and learning how this this archetype is working within you, uh, and how you can interact with it. How is it? How is it interacting with you? Vice versa, and that as well as, and when you start doing that, you start recognizing uh, these archetypes in others as well, um, and how they're functioning within their mind. It's almost like you gotta learn the lesson before you teach it, you know, and so if you're manifesting, wanted to, to teach something, be prepared to, you know, learn that lesson first. So um, make sure we're manifesting good teachings and positive teachings and, you know, be careful what you wish for kind of thing. But 
um, you know, being a student of your own evolution, I think is, well, all of the quotes in Love One are remarkable, but that is a remarkable quote right there. The student of its own evolution, being able to kind of take uh, this uh, control of how you grow and your own choices and what you uh, serve your attention to as far as positive, negative energies, um, the choices you are making in your day-to-day -day life uh, that involve, you know, taking you down a further negative path or choosing to stay um, with your heart lighter than a feather, really. And um, being able to be the uh, observer of emotions and situations that, rather than being just overly invested in reactions and emotions and um, that type of thing. So, okay, let's move on now. Here we go into a little bit of fasting. And again, like I said, this is a great development of the will. Um, if we do it correctly, I mean, I, you have to work with your own body type and what is appropriate with you. Intermittent fasting, I have heard, is is uh, more healthier. Uh, um, healthier. And you, in a sense, also kind of learn what your own body is needing, what nutrients by what you're craving, and also having the will to stay away from um, unhealthy items or um, setting a time. I'm, I'm not going to eat between, you know, noon and five and then um, graze a little bit, you know, rather than having a really one big full meal. It's actually uh, much healthier to uh, have, you know, a few smaller meals throughout the day. Um, and uh, yeah, again, you, you learn your own body. But this is involved. This is actually speaking about fasting as a as a method of removing unwanted thought forms. Okay, and uh, Don does ask. Can you explain a little bit more about this? Uh, this is super cool because I'm going to add my own thoughts here in a minute. Uh, this is all healing techniques must be used by a conscious being. That is a being conscious that is ridding, that the ridding of excess and unwanted material from the body complex is the analogy to the ridding of mind or spirit of excess um, unwanted material. So it's all the same thing, whether you're trying to rid your spirit your mind or your body of this this unwanted material thus the one discipline or denial of that unwanted portion as an appropriate part of the self is taken through the tree of mind down through the trunk to the subconscious levels where the connection is made and thus the body mind and spirit and then in unison express denial of the excess or unwanted spiritual or mental material as part of the entity. All then falls away and the entity while understanding and appreciating the nature of the rejected material as part of the greater self, nevertheless, through the action of the will purifies and refines the mind-body-spirit complex bringing into manifestation the desired state 
you know, the desired mind complex or spirit complex attitude. Uh, and what I got out of this last night in the night before when I was going over this is, okay, so they make it sound like all we have to do is think that we don't want that thing. <laughs> I mean, really, uh, it starts with a thought. Um, and then I kind of did a, a visualization of, of what I explained earlier, you know, seeing this, this energy being funneled in through, um, and then understanding that that uh, contact works both ways, I can also think, you know what, I, I don't want that excess iron in my blood, you know, and then sending that um, through this uh, network of neurons and the nerves and then sending it back down through um, the gateway and then, it, you know, this, this, subconscious then says oh trish said she doesn't want the excess iron all right then so then it's like a uh, uh, a message sent back through again and then voila you know uh does that mean that my body is now um you know free of this excess iron so um and i think this has to do with attachments um metals um I don't know, that's your homework for the week, you know, see, <laughs> practice these visualizations and see how it's working. But um, it, it really does sound like all uh, how powerful our thoughts are. If we realize who we are, we accept who we are, and then we see ourselves as, uh, you know, becoming the creator and uh, taking on that active role as a uh, fractal or portion of this creating understanding the, the power of our own thoughts over our own bodies. Super important. And then, you know, again, it says bringing into manifestation the desired mind complex or uh, spirit complex attitude. So I want a six pack and I want, you know, <laughs> but um, when it really comes down to it, you know, what is the limit of our power? It is infinite. So uh, start visualizing those six packs. So, um, moving on, uh, session 84, question eight. Uh, and this is involving, um, how the memories kind of interact with the tree of mind and that. So I do want to go over one Bible verse here in just a minute, but I want to read this first. Uh, how the memories are kind of being transferred. The tree of mind seems like it's like that that contact part of, um, you know, conscious, subconscious, uh, being able to, you know, contact our own uh, inspirited, you know, being, that connection. Um, so they say about this uh, contact, the nature of contact is such that in order for deep portion of the trunk of the tree of the mind and i mean if you want to visualize just a a tree in your mind um because that is appropriate i mean look at the um the way that the neurons are shaped and how they branch over um you know certain areas of the brain and um you know certain areas of the brain are, are more leafy than others uh it, this trunk of the tree of mind uh and a, a trunk to me just a 
really just means a a larger bundle of this this vine or this uh, bundle of of neurons or nerves affected to be able to accept the contact. Okay, the tree of your mind uh, does need to be able to accept the contact. Or are you going to be teetering with your sanity if you remember this contact? Because that's typically not the goal for, you know, any kind of positive contact that you are having. Um, so, you know, I'm sure higher self is involved in accepting this and deciding how much, you know, your 3D vessel is able to take on without, you know, becoming unbalanced in any way, shape, or form. Some symbology may arise to the conscious mind and is necessary as a framework for the explanation of the fruits of the contact. In such cases, the entity's own expectations fashion the tale which shall be most acceptable to that entity. And in the dream state or trance state in which visions may be produced. So this is involving indigo ray visions being produced. This seeming memory is fed into the higher levels of the so-called subconscious and the lower levels of the conscious. Okay. Higher levels of the subconscious and lower levels of the conscious. So we're like halfway up the tree here. Uh, from this point, the story may surface as a memory and cause the instrument to function uh, without losing balance or sanity. There you go. So, um, and, you know, in the dream state, it's quite interesting. Um, and I think we might, we've, I think we talked about this before, but it's been quite some time. So, the, the dream state is so interesting to me because I have always been a dreamer. Um, and in my own opinion, I, I mean, I have your regular old crazy dreams, but there are other dreams in which produce more of a uh, feeling like emotions when I'm having emotions in the dreams or it seems very timeless and fluid and um, those dreams to me tend to tell me that there's something else going on there rather than just my um, subconscious deciding it wants to see a bunch of stuff. So, um, and trans state, okay, trans state, uh, meditation, contemplation, doing readings for somebody, um, all of that would entail a type of, of trance state that can be, um, that can be produced. Um, yeah, and this one, super important as far as understanding that all three of these have to be considered together, but they do go in and define them separately. And then I think once we have an idea about how they are functioning separately, we can then kind of understand how they're all working together, you know? Um, so let's go into it.
These terms are all, and this is session 30, question 2. These terms are all simplistic descriptive terms, which equal a complex of energy focuses. The body, as you call it, being the material of the density at which you experience. So right now you're looking down at your hands. That is your, you know, space-time body, your third density space-time, you know. Um, uh, and you also have a time-space body. This complex of materials being available or distortions of what you call physical manifestation. You are a physical manifestation of spirit right now. You sitting there listening to this. You are a physical manifestation. The mind is a complex which reflects the inpourings of the spirit and the uppourings of the body complex. So your mind is like the middle ground. It's filtering in things from the spirit, but it's also taking feedback from the physical environment that we call this, this body. It contains what you know. The mind contains what you know as feelings, emotions, and intellectual thoughts. And it's more conscious complexities. Moving further down the tree of mind, we then see the intuition. Okay? So further down into the deeper mind, that's the intuition. Which potentiator of the mind, the high priestess. Which is of the nature of the mind, more in contact or in tune with the total beingness complex. Moving down even further in the roots of mind, we find the progression of consciousness which gradually turns from the personal to the racial memory to the cosmic influences and thus becomes a direct contactor of that shuttle which we call the spirit complex. So this is the part where I say the inner work is ridiculously important. You know, how much are we in there digging around, finding our own traumas, healing them, finding all these things that we have hidden and uncovered? Okay, so t say you, you have a room, right? And you have a couple of toddlers, you know, and this is their toy room, right? So, and then you have, you end up, you end up with like a billion toys. And these, this billion toys are all over the floor, stacked high to, you know, almost the ceiling. Nobody can walk in or out, you know. You know, this is your mind full of traumas. And this is probably most of humanity. <laughs> but your inner work is going into that room and removing each piece, uh, one by one and cleaning the toys and sanitizing them and making them beautiful again or finding the beauty in them again or finding the the need to have this as a um um an object later on for remembrance that we won't buy that toy ever again because you know it was sirens and flashy lights and you know um but it's but yeah, that's equal to going in, finding all of these things that we have hidden away. And what happens is once we, we move one by one and clean them and one by one, we're going through, we're digging through. 
And then we forget that there's like a room there, right? So by the time we, we get through most of it, we're like, oh my gosh, there's a room in here. I have a I have a mind in here and I have all these new shiny things or technically they're old shiny things. I just, you know, muddied them up and gutting them up and forgot about them because I didn't like the I didn't like the specks of dirt on them and it hurt me to look at the, the, the specks of dirt on them again. And so, but once we get through and we clean them and it's like, oh my gosh, there's a room in here. I can walk in here and I can, I can move again. And I'm me, I feel like me again because I have this room back and it's not cluttered up. And, you know, then you find what it is that you truly want to make out of that room. Right. Okay. That is you know, the importance of decluttering the mind, finding the old shiny new things again, you know, and doing something with them, um, learning how to um, uh, clean up, move out, keep what we need for learning and not repeating these things again. And then Say, you know, what doesn't resonate or what doesn't serve you anymore ends up falling away. So, yeah. Uh, then we get into uh, the spirit complex. The spirit complex is the channel whereby the inpourings from all the various universal, planetary, and personal inpourings may be funneled into the roots of consciousness and whereby consciousness may be funneled to the gateway of intelligent infinity. So that's where I got that from. Okay. I knew I wasn't making that up. Uh, through the balanced intelligent energy of body and mind. You will see by this series of definitive statements that mind, body, and spirit are inexplicably intertwined and cannot continue one without the other. Thus, we refer to the mind-body-spirit complex rather than attempting to deal with them separately for the work that you do during your exercise experiences is done through the interactions of these three components not through any one all three of these have to work together the spirit is the shuttle for this energy and then the mind kind of takes this energy and decides kind of where to disperse it um through the body and when i was reading this last night i was thinking of alchemy you know i was thinking of the alchemist and and, and some decks it's called temperance but it's the same thing so this is how we alchemize this is how we manifest into our environment, we bring in that energy um, through this gateway, right? And then the mind kind of takes it in. The mind then um, kind of feeds it into uh, uh, the emotions. We get the emotions going, seeing ourselves in this, you know, whatever I do, we are, we are trying to manifest, feeling the feels of what it would feel like and smelling the smells of, of being in this experience and hearing the hearers, you know, and all that good stuff. And then that emotion is, is really what, what alchemizes this manifested 
uh, fruit that we are trying to, uh, we are trying to manifest. So, um, and it doesn't, I mean, I was thinking of alchemy when this, when I was reading this, but I guess it doesn't necessarily is only regarding alchemy. Um, just kind of something that came in my own mind as I was reading. So, um, but this is kind of, you know, moving down further, the tree of mind, we see the intuition. So it's like the deeper minds, again, cleaning that room, finding things again, removing all the gunk or cleaning the gunk up and seeing the bright side of this stuff. And, um, it, you know, a lot is exposed when we do the cleaning and we're going to find exactly what um, the tree of mind is in ourselves. We're going to find exactly where the trunk is if we just do the inner work, if we do the cleaning and, and, and release all of this stuff. So I do want to go over to John 15, 5. Well, 15, 4 through 6, really. Um, Jesus is a true vine. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And this is, you know, in my own opinion, referring to your own connection with creator, your own connection with this inside of you. Okay. Um, how you are interacting with this, recognizing that it is there within you and it has never left you. You just needed to clean that room out again and find it. So, and once you uh, recognize the connection, accept the connection, um, and then become the connection, then um, really you can do anything. I mean, um, I hope it's good things. I hope we do positive manifesting and continue to do inner work and um, you know, manifest uh, healing and for, for you and the community and manifest um, love and manifest uh, empathy and compassion in what you're doing. And it starts with you finding that connection within you and accepting and then becoming that connection. So uh, it does say, if anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown down away and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and burned. And I think this is... Um, you know what happens when we, we lose that connection, we become depressed, you know, our, our mobility goes down, we, we lose interest in um, a lot of things that we once had interest in. And, um, you know, ultimately it's up to us to recognize that again. And, and reaching out for help, I mean, really reaching out for help is a biggie. We have to be able to accept the help as well. But accepting that sometimes there isn't anybody there to save us and that we are our own heroes. We are capable of, of rescuing ourselves and freeing our own spirit, soul, and body. Um, and uh, being able to move on from the things that um, have put us into that position. They were there for a reason. Strength, will, faith, all of the above. 
It only makes you stronger if you take in the right uh, opportunity at the right time and uh, keep going from there. Okay. And here we are at this one. This is a little bit in the beginning. Session 10, question 14. For general development of the reader of this book, can you state some of the practices or exercises to perform to produce an acceleration toward the law of one? Exercise one, more homework. This is the most nearly centered and usable within your current illusion, okay? The moment contains love. The present moment. Here we are at that present moment again. The moment contains love. That is the lesson slash goal of this illusion or density. Recognizing that all moments, this moment contains love. The exercise is to consciously seek that love and awareness and understanding distortions. Okay. The exercise is to consciously seek that love and awareness. The first attempt is the cornerstone. Upon this choosing rests the remainder of the life experience of an entity. The second seeking of love within the moment brings, begins the addition. The third seeking powers the second, the fourth powering or doubling the third. Um, I'll get your twister boards out, I guess. As with the previous type of empowerment, there will be some loss of power due to flaws within the seeking in the distortion of insincerity. And this is a doubling effect. I mean, it's, to be honest with you, it's kind of confusing for me, but I'm working on it. <laughs> so, but I do understand that say you've got four people, well, one person is a little insincere, meaning they don't trust themselves or they don't trust one of the others or they're just not sure, you know, they don't have the, the proper tuned um, will, you know, intention, this types of things that can kind of lessen the effect of the, um, the seeking that you are attempting to make. However, the conscious statement of self to self of the desire to seek love is so central an act of will that as before, the loss of power due to this friction is inconsequential. Okie dokie then. All right. The conscious statement of self to self of the desire to seek love is so central that it may kind of override any type of insincerity or um, lessening of intentions. So um, exercise two. The universe is one being. When a mind-body-spirit complex views another mind-body-spirit complex, see the creator. This is a helpful exercise. Recognize the divinity in others. Okay, see that person as a mirror to you. Um, and I think once we start, well, I know, once we start kind of continually raising our vibration, this almost happens automatically and you have to be ready for it. you have to um be prepared to kind of see your own darkness mirrored back to you and being able how to handle that as well as seeing others uh you know mirrored in you uh, but 
recognizing the divinity in others is um, the most accepting of yourself and that other person that you can be. Uh, exercise three, gaze within a mirror, see the creator, okay? See the creator of your own reality right there in the mirror because we are. We create by our thoughts, we create by our words, uh, we create by our uh, feelings, our emotions, okay? Um, uh, and it is much more effective to manifest from a um, from a state of love and forgiveness and peace. Heart is lighter than the feather. Because when we manifest from a lower vibration such as anger or grief or shame, guilt, you know, any of those, um, then that's what we manifest. So, um, uh, I, I'm hoping that part of my mission here is to manifest more of that peace and that unconditional love and that forgiveness. And, um, I hope that is for you too. So manifesting from that, um, um, higher state of mind, uh, but recognizing that creator within yourself that you are creating by how your thoughts are, are being projected or, um, um, how you're perceiving the world is how the world is. Exercise four, gaze at the creation, which lies about the mind body spirit complex of each entity. See the creator. Gaze at the creation, okay, which lies about the uh, mind, body, spirit of each entity. Very interesting. See the creator in that. The foundation of prerequisite of these exercises is a predilection towards what may be called meditation, contemplation, or prayer. Okay. Um, with this attitude, these exercises can be processed. Without it, the data will not sink down into the roots of the tree of mind, thus enabling and ennobling the body and touching the spirit. Okay. Um, so it's really good to have that um, desire to meditate, contemplate, prayer, uh, whatever it means to you. Meditation is different for everybody. I can meditate doing the dishes. I mean, um, others have to meditate in the lotus position and that's the, or a bathtub or all of the above. Contemplation. I mean, I, we're, we're all doing this all day long. Um, and that's another thing I, I wanted to bring up is a lot of the stuff I realized it's already been going on. I just had to recognize how it was working within my own self. Uh, you know, if you're working things out in your mind, then you are contemplating. If you're sitting down at the end of the day going, what in the world was that today? Like, no, that's contemplation. Because then you sit there and you're like, all right, what's this about? Prayer. I, I don't really have to explain that one. Um, but just a, a, um, a seeking of creator or source or universal energy, whatever it is for you. Um that's super interesting. Super interesting. This one is the last one that comes up. And again, I think this was, I will go over it. Um, but I am sure that this is a little bit shorter today. We'll go over this because it is 
regarding the Orion group. No, it's not. I'm sorry. It's not regarding the Orion group, <laughs> but it's a very good question. Um, would the Orion group then be able to uh, imp impress on entities in the orange ray effect? So this is sacral. This is sacral. Or did they... Um, Okay, is this the way these concepts came about on this planet? Because if we go back to the beginning of third density, there must be a primal cause. Okay, they, they kind of answer what they're talking about in the answer. Um, it's a free choice of your people. Uh, the, sexually, the sexual energy transfers and blockages are more of a manifestation or example of that which you um, is more fundamental than the other way about. Therefore, as your people became open to the concept of bellicosity and the greed of ownership, these various distortions then began to filter down through the tree of mind into the body complex expressions. The sexual expression being basic to that complex. Um, yeah are basically the product of being just chosen freely by your peoples. Let me actually go into this and see what they're... Nope, I can't. Sorry, guys. What I think they're meaning is, you know, and they, and they, I think it says somewhere else, I will say this, that there is such an orange right overlay on this planet because of all of the, um, in my own opinion, injustice is done. And trafficking and all of that, uh, pornography, um, it, it's just causing so much of an overlay. But it was a choice of free will by our people. And we had that, um, you know, uh, just humanity in general had this, what is the word I'm looking for? Instinct, more or less, to become bellicose and greed and ownership over others and this types of things um and uh it, we, we made that choice on our own it's not necessarily that we're being influenced by anything uh although we are being influenced by the orion group and and that i'm not denying that but we do have to understand you know humanity has a long way to go regarding healing um myself included we have a long way to go um and we have to be willing to do that as I said earlier, we, you know, as we move further and further into this social memory complex idea, uh, we do need to learn how to look at our own selves and be prepared to look at our own selves and take accountability for our own, um, our own being. So, um, but I really wish I could do more with you today, but the site is down. So, and they're probably doing maintenance or something. So I'll check on it in a little bit, but, um, now, the good news is, is I am um, in the very beginnings of putting together thought processes on a, um, a course on how to read tarot. And the way that I read my tarot cards is so specific to the law of one. So, uh, super interesting. I'll keep you updated on that. It'll be a few weeks uh you know, month or two, even depending on how much time I have to, uh, kind of dedicate to it. Uh, but I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so excited. And, um, I can't wait to bring you guys more information on that. So stay tuned.
And then we will be back next week with uh, more Lob One. I'm assuming that the, the website will be back up and running. If not, I will have to bring out my actual paper books <laughs> next time if it's not. And we'll we'll get the lab one done. We sure will. So thank you all for listening. And uh, I will see you next time. <laughs>